I was born in South Sudan. We have simple life, but we are very happy. Until I was six years old, when my life completely changed. The place that we know that was peaceful turned out to be chaos. So we just were pulling kids away from their families. I remember my mom was really holding me very, very tight. This big soldier ripped me from my mom and dragged me as I was like crying. In the middle of the night, this kid picked me up, went through this hole on the fence. And that's when my race officially began. We ran literally for our lives. Kept running and running and running. And you're so tired, six years old, cuts and bruises everywhere in my legs. But giving up wasn't my vocabulary. One day, when I was 15 years old, there was something called Olympics on TV. The 400 meters was run by an American athlete named Michael Johnson. He was running so fast. He went to the podium, received a gold medal. And that's when I realized, I want to run as fast as that guy for that country one day. It's time for me to be able to represent this country and give thanks to the American people that gave an opportunity to me. 2008, as I was running for the USA Olympic trials, all of a sudden I see my journey. I can feel the thorns and trees, you know, piercing onto my, my feet. Why me? Why am I here? You used to be running away from bullets, but now you're running for joy. You're running for this nation. And all of a sudden, I just had this push all the way to the finish line. My goodness, this young man has come so far. I make the United States Olympic team. Everything shaped perfectly for me. I saw my mom still alive. She couldn't even believe like, who I am. That's when I know that eight years ago, I saw Michael Johnson in a black and white TV. Now, I can put that same jersey on my chest and inspire other kids. If you dream big, you'll get there one day. Dig that. Uh, we've been, if you're visiting, my name's Scott. I'm one of the pastors on staff. It's great to be with you this morning. Uh, most, to some degree, because today's forecast is in the mid-80s. <laughs> Good living. 
I'm excited about being with you because today I'm going to talk about what can sometimes hold us back from letting the Holy Spirit help us live within our own shape. We've been talking about our shape, our God-given shape. I'm not talking about this right now, although it is God-given. I'm talking about a supernatural ability the Holy Spirit has given you. Since you made that decision to believe that what Christ did on the cross was done for you, that Christianity is not about what you do, it's about what Jesus has done. And when you made the decision to place your trust in him, he gave of his own spirit to you, the spirit of Jesus, synonymous with the Holy Spirit, that gave you a unique ability that extends beyond your own uh, IQ, your own gene pool. It's something special. And today, I want to talk about what sometimes can hold us back from letting the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, use that something special we've all been given. Uh, One, peace is certainly high on American, uh, on the dashboard of American psychology is worry. (laughs) Just general worry. I'm just worried. (laughs) There's lots to worry about. I had my 30th high school reunion last weekend. (laughs) We canceled it. Because there were some threats uh, from uh, within our class, and the club center said, you need to cancel it, and the FBI said, we agree, and so we canceled it, because wow. we were worried. <laughs> we still had it organically in homes, which was pretty fun, but it was actually a blast. But we're worried. We're a worried culture for a lot of good reasons. Um, you know that America is described sometimes as America the anxious I I remember I used to struggle with anxiety about five years ago. I had a panic attack. (laughs) I didn't even know what it was. I thought I was dehydrated, so I drank like 11 cans of water, and it made problems worse. And really, I was like, my heart was beating fast, and I was starting my job. It was the beginning of the year, and my wife was seated uh, up several rows ahead of us. Some friends gave us tickets, and uh, so we didn't get to sit together, and my heart's beating fast. And I said, Melissa, could you come sit with me? And she she, she's really compassionate. She featured an uh, issue of Southern Living magazine and just showed me. She was busy. She didn't have time for me. <laughs> I married a Southerner. They're not real compassionate. So I get, I get worry. I get it. Uh, and I, I had kind of a tough winter and spring and got through it and learned some tools to help deal with worry. But worry is certainly something in our country and especially among young people that becomes a real problem, anxiety, how to deal with it. Uh, one out of ten are treated for it or depression. America, the anxious, right? <laughs> you go down to Central uh, America or South America, anxiety is way lower. <laughs> they just know how to chill. <laughs> Worry can be something that gets in the way. How do we, how do we think of using our spiritual gifts <laughs> when we're so worried? Really, come on. We're worried about our finances. We're worried about being uh, a cyber attack or uh, online theft. We're worried about our health. We're worried about relationships, how we're perceived by others, how we're accepted or not accepted. Uh, We're worried about our marriage. Is it growing, maturing? Is it trending upward or what's happening? Uh, Our children, we worry about their kind of projection, their their learning disabilities, their own uniquenesses uh, that can be kind of (laughs) scary. Which way are you going? What decisions are you going to make? Um, and you think when they get out of high school, it's way easier. Oh, no, it's, it gets, whoa, gets more elevated. We worry. We also, we face worry issues 
we also have issues of weaknesses, competencies where we feel like we've been asked to do something or called to do something, and we don't feel like we have the gift set to do it, (laughs) or the IQ to do it, or the discipline, or the, (laughs) the greatest commodity in the U.S., the energy to do it, energy to do it. And so we feel weak by just personal, I feel like this is tough. And then we try to, you know, try to give ourselves some artificial strength somehow. How do we deal with our weaknesses? And let the Holy Spirit use us in this America, the anxious culture. And I want to tell you, I think the way we do it is we practice throwing God our worries. We throw God our worries as stark and sometimes life-threatening as they are. We throw God our worries. We embrace our weaknesses. When's the last time you've heard that? Hey, embrace your weaknesses. Even talk about them. I'll tell you today, talk about them. That'll be a fun lunch conversation, won't it? Embrace your weaknesses and run the race for which you were born. Throw God your worries. Embrace your weaknesses and run the race for you for which you were born. Or I would say it this way, embrace the grace of God, the strength that comes from God, and run the race. Embrace the grace. Open yourself up for God's grace, his generosity, his strength, and you run the race for which you were born. That's how you do it. I want to begin by talking about weaknesses. First, uh, the weaknesses that we have are many. I I nailed some of mine. My weaknesses are sometimes I have health fears. I get concerned about my health. I get concerned about long-term finances, like where am I going to live someday? And I get concerned about uh, decisions my young, my young people are making. That's my sons. And I get concerned about um, making certain I do my best at what I do, that I meet, that I do the best I can. <laughs> uh, I don't know what you worry about. I think there are probably maybe some similarities. But uh, those are the weaknesses I struggle with. And yet, when one of the early leaders in the church Ask God for a favor. Hey, throw me a bone. (laughs) Can you please remove this weakness? This is what Jesus said. He said, uh, my grace is sufficient for you because my strength is perfected in weakness. When you're weak, you're strong. (laughs) When you're weak, you're strong. And so the way you deal with your weakness is you embrace them and you embrace the grace that comes with them. You're dependent upon God more when you acknowledge that you're weak. This morning, I want to introduce you to someone who has admitted weakness. Uh, She's someone that Melissa's already referenced, that when her name is mentioned at Intercom High School in public, it is always met by applause. Some of you know that. Kenneth was a VP there when she was there. Uh, Mr. Pitts was here. He was a VP when she was there. her name alone, when it's said in public, is met with applause. And she, she, was, uh, she was homecoming queen. I was there. I took photos. I thought it was incredible. She was prom queen. Uh, her art, which I'll show you in a moment, got national recognition by Congresswoman Matsui. And uh, she admits she has weaknesses and stuff that she dealt with. And she's also got a special decision she made. And I want you to meet her today because she's someone that's been courageous in the face of her weaknesses. Would you welcome Sarah Allen? (laughs) 
as Sarah comes forward, I'll tell you one of the one of the one of the reasons you might not see Sarah a lot is she's been serving in our children's ministry on Sunday mornings for years. And part of the strategy here at Adventure that's unique of working with young people is that rather than have our young people separate at the junior high and high school age, separate from the adults, we know that statistically young people who are with adults or serving young children have a much higher uh, trajectory of being engaged in the church in their 20s. And so she's been serving for a long time. And uh, Sarah, it's awesome to be with you. How are you? Good. Good? Uh, Tell us where you're going. So I'll be going to Haiti to um, be a second grade teacher there at at the school called Sunlight Academy. Awesome. Awesome. And tell us about this artwork that got so much attention uh, about a year ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, At the Crocker Museum, Uh, Matsui was there and recognized your art as the one she wanted featured in D.C. This was it, wasn't it? This is a boy named Levensky, and I actually don't know him personally, so I'm excited to meet him when I go to Haiti, but he was one of the pen pals in a program I started with kids at the charter school and kids in Haiti, and I took pictures of all of them and then drew this picture. Awesome. You've been to Haiti how many times? Four times. Four times. (laughs) It's the eyes in in him that are... uh, just hard to get away from. This is your artwork, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy. <laughs> crazy beautiful. Uh, you're leaving how soon for Haiti? On Wednesday. On Wednesday. So it's coming up. Yeah. Right. And you've been there four times, and you've been there with your dad, yeah. haven't you? How many times has he gone? Four times. That's a good dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're at Adventure. Honestly, our, our mission is to bring Jesus hope to an imperfect world. That means right here in Natomas, uh, we, we're connected with uh, five-plus organizations that are bringing hope here, but we're also connected to people in the developing world. And one of them is Sunrise, where you're going. And we're so honored that we get to be a part of your life. It's, and, and so are other churches here in Natomas that know you. And uh, so we want to take a minute and we want to commission you. We want to pray for you as a leadership team. Um, and so as leadership team that's here, any elders that are here, if you would come forward, uh, and also Laura and Charlie, would you please be making your way up? Would you tell us a little bit about your weakness in high school, uh, at Intercom High School, and how you dealt with it? So I think something I always struggle with was just fear, because I'm such a shy person, and that's okay, but when it would like prevent me from doing what God desired for me. So like when I first heard about, like got the email, if I wanted to be a teacher, the first thing I thought was, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can actually do this. You know, it's like, I just graduated. I don't know how to really be a teacher yet. But um, after like that, I just went to my room and got on my knees and prayed and ask God if this is really what he had for me, and it was just like an overwhelming yes, and I just knew that even though I can't really, I don't know if I could do it on my own strength, but on his, and that I could trust in that. That's awesome. So you're going forward because you believe you're supposed to, even though it's a little daunting. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Well, listen, we want to pray for you now. Uh, Charlie and Laura, would you come forward and uh, tell you, 
you, you, can't, uh, you can't thank your parents enough for their support of you. I know that most parents don't get all amped up about their kids going to Haiti. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know we have another girl that's in Cambodia right now that graduated from William Jessup, Cheyenne Ledbetter. You probably know her. Uh, but I want to tell you, part of uh, I, know, I know the Allens quite well. Our, uh, our sons, uh, Shane, have been best friends for years. We grew up at Natomas Park Elementary together. Um, fighting the congested traffic every morning. <laughs> and so we're excited together as a family, as a church, to celebrate your life. And we're proud of the fact that uh, Natomas has a missionary going to Haiti. Let that sit on, sit a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she's not the only one. There have been others. Uh, but she's one that's very special to us. So we just want to pray for you. And it's an honor for us to do so. Can we do that? Heavenly Father, we thank you, firstly, for uh, calling this young lady uh, and getting a hold of her heart. She has the most beautiful heart, and uh, it's that that we celebrate, her willingness to follow you in her own weakness. I thank you for her parents, uh, Charles and Laura. I pray you'd assure them of your uh, sending an angel with Sarah that will provide her safety and health and ability to do what she needs to do. And that she'll know that she's got family and she'll have a great homecoming here when she comes back. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We celebrate you, Sarah. Sarah's going to rush off to another church that has a youth group she's helped with. And uh, we celebrate not only uh, you, but also the other churches that together were behind you. Adventure will be supporting Sarah financially. And uh, we just, we we can't say enough. You know what we love most about you? It's this. We love that about you. God bless you, Sarah. We love you. So you, you hear a lot of, a lot of uh, stories in Natomas that sometimes aren't real encouraging. We need to talk about that kind of story, do we not? That's the kind of story we need to talk about, a story that brings Jesus hope. About someone who dealt with their weaknesses, who is willing to face their weaknesses like she's been. And to say, hey, I'm afraid, I'm going forward. (laughs) It's kind of like, I love the words of Paul at the end of one of his letters. He says, a great opportunity is open for me, and many oppose me. (laughs) He put the two together. (laughs) It's like, wow, that's faith. Uh, Sarah has that kind of faith. Do you have a weakness that in particular really gets to you, really trips you up? Uh, Is there one that you need to, instead of running from, you need to embrace? You need to embrace, here's how you do it, the grace that comes from taking steps forward amidst your own weakness. Embrace the grace. Uh, Embrace the grace of what it takes to do your job. I know in my job, sometimes one of the most important things I do with my job, there's a couple of them. When I take time to meet with people who are, who are making a difference at Natomas, making a difference at Adventure, and these are people that honestly make a difference because they're engaged in service. They make a huge difference. And I sit down with them, and I say just like you would to one of your clients, hey, you're a stakeholder here. Your service to our community and our church is overwhelming. What do you need from me to meet your needs? It's a vulnerable question. <laughs> And you let them answer. It, it does, it's an important thing I do. Another thing I do is be disciplined to sit down and keep my butt in a chair and do the, the study and administration I need to do. It's part of it. 
It's not always easy. There's pieces of your work and your family life, your child raising that takes extraordinary discipline. Sometimes you feel very weak doing it. Embrace the grace to run the race for which you were born. Don't be afraid of your weaknesses. They can be a great strength. John Ortberg says that without undercomings, there is no overcoming. If you're not feeling some weakness, you might not experience some great victory. Embrace your weaknesses. First step, that's how you throw God your weaknesses, embrace, throw God your worries, embrace your weaknesses, and run the race for which you were born. Don't be afraid of your weaknesses. Secondly, let's deal with this worry issue. Uh, Worry. I think that uh, he says it well. It's kind of harsh. Billy Graham describes worry in this regard. He says, Anxiety is the natural result when our hopes are centered in anything short of God and His will for us. (laughs) Anxiety, there you go. Anxiety is the natural result when our hopes are centered in anything short of God and His will for us. Worry. Uh, How do you deal with worry? Let's do something here just for a moment and ask God to help us identify what it is that we worry about right now. I'm going to read to you from the Psalms. It's a psalm written by David, and uh, it's Psalm 139. David was a prolific writer back uh, three centuries ago who people are still talking about, and he asked God to help him understand what weaknesses or what worries were in the way or displeasing. And I want to lead you in this prayer right now and let you just kind of Open yourself up to what the Holy Spirit might say to you that is taking too much space in your mind. And as a result, you're getting up in the middle of the night, you're uh, you're fretting, you're not relaxed, you're not chilling, uh, you're not able to, to give your best, or my son says, to go ham. And I said, well, what does ham mean? He says, it just means you go all out, right? Okay, you can't go ham. Here it is. Here's, here's the go ham. Throw that with your grandkids. Say, hey, let's go ham, bro. Uh, yeah, he'll be like, whoa, Grandpa, where'd that swag come from? <laughs> yeah, here, here's, here's the prayer. Let's just open ourselves up to the Lord here. You can bow your head, do what you need to do. I'll read it to you, and I'll read it in the first person. Uh, search me, God. Know my heart. Test me. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Holy Spirit, we just ask our hearts. We know we can't fully know our own hearts. You know our hearts. Search them. Know them. Test us. Know our anxious thoughts. And see if there's any offensive way in us. And lead us in the way everlasting. Amen. Psalm 139, uh, verses 23 and 24. So you identify, okay, what is it you worry about? What is it that tends to take too much space in your mind? And I admit, some of you have big stuff going on in your life. I'm not, I'm not here to give pie-in-the-sky answers. But I do know there's an ability within you. You were born for this to be able to set aside your worry. It is a supernatural ability, and I'll, I'll show you how. When Paul was dealing with this issue himself, he was writing from prison, and he told his readers how he dealt with worry. 
he wrote, he said uh, in Philippians to the Philippian church, kind of like uh, the Natomas church, I guess, uh, he, he wrote a letter to the church at Philippi, and he said to them, uh, rejoice. First, the way you deal with your worry is you choose joy. You make the choice that you're going to have joy. We said a couple months ago, the joy of the Lord is our strength, actually. Rejoice in the Lord always, he said. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. <laughs> the Lord is near. Uh, how can, and why can we rejoice? Why can we choose joy? Because we believe that Jesus was died for our sins, paid the penalty for us to have a relationship with God. <laughs> our faith is based on what he's done, not what we do. That he was buried, raised again from from. Uh, from the dead and sits at the right hand of God and he, his presence is with us. The Lord is near. Paul can rejoice in the Lord always because the Lord is near. And then he says this, do, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. Throw it on God. <laughs> Throw it on God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We are, I think, sometimes too unnecessarily anxious and fearful as Americans. I think we're too much so. We need to shellax a little bit. <laughs> we need to say, God, you take care of this. I'm not going to stress out over it. I can't control that. That's yours. I can just do the best I can here. And there's peace that comes with that. One of my friends at Adventure that I think is a real example of someone who has learned to manage stress. I've known him for 13 years. He, is, uh, he works in the Bay Area, and he's here on the weekends. He, he is the superintendent of the second largest construction company in the world. He reports directly to London, and uh, he oversees uh, all the bids for projects here in the western United States. A project he's doing right now is a water treatment plant. It's a five-year project. Uh, and it's a, I don't know, it's a quarter billion plus dollar project, 100 employees. And uh, with his permission, I called him. Uh, I shared this with you. I called him on the phone on Friday, and I said, Chris, how do you come on a Sunday <laughs> after a long week where Correct me if I'm wrong, Chris. You're the guy. If something goes wrong on that critical path timeline, if something goes wrong with the safety of your employees, if, uh, if, if you miss the financial projections, you're the guy, right? He goes, yes. I said, how do you deal with the stress? I don't see why you don't just sleep in on a Sunday and just listen to a podcast. And he said, I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> I said, instead, you come, you've come for over a decade, and you give an hour-plus time, Indian-style, on your knees in the adventure zone, just loving kids. How do you just leave it all? And he said, honestly, it's, I find it relaxing. I was like, oh, really? You find it relaxing? <laughs> really? He said, yeah. He said, you know what? It stresses me a little bit on Saturday nights. Uh, I... I get up, uh, you know, he said, during the week, I prepare. And it, it's tough to squeeze in time to prepare for Saturday. But then he said this, once I sit down with the kids, it's go time. <laughs> we all have stress, right? How do we throw it off and suit up 
and let the Spirit supernaturally use our gifts. I think in Chris's case, he's got a gift of administration for certain, but he's a gentle guy. <laughs> You'll see him around here. He's not a real talker. He's not, he's not, ah, 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 you know, but when you see him, by the way, he couldn't be in the service. Anyone want to guess why? He's with our kids. <laughs> how do you, how do you set the stress aside? And I think I, one of his tricks is he's got a wife that prays for him just all the time. I know that. I know her personally. She's a prayer warrior. Uh, but also, he's got the ability to say, guess what? What I do during the week, it's not mine. It doesn't belong to me. It's God's. I've been entrusted with it. It's God's. It's not mine. This life is not mine. So I don't have to stress out unnecessarily. And he's able to set it aside. What worry is it for you that just overwhelms you? I want to see you get to where you can live within your shape and do so with great joy. Let me just go back through that shape for you in case you missed it. Your shape is your supernatural giftedness by the Holy Spirit. It refers to your heart. It refers to uh, your abilities. It refers to your personality type, which is pretty much locked in early in life. It refers to your life experiences like Lopez Lamont. You may have experienced significant difficulty in life. That was designed to be used as a weakness that could become a great strength. And then we mentioned several different gifts last week. Jeremy, by the way, did a cr- an incredible job last weekend. I was just like, wow, great kickoff for this series. But he mentioned, additionally, other gifts, some general gifts. The gift of being an entrepreneur, where you start things led by the Holy Spirit. He talked about being a, uh, a someone who draws people back to God, a prophet. You might live with one. He talks about uh, being an evangelist or a recruiter, someone who loves to invite people to check the things out of God, have an open mind. He talked about someone being uh, a people caretaker, a shepherd, and others being um, teachers, people who can make the Bible just kind of come alive. And there are other gifts, and I listed them on this little card that I provided you uh, to use today. If you have access to one, there should be one seated by you. If there's not, uh, you'll want to go to the, I'll have some at the round table on your way out. There's a list of gifts here that are throughout Holy Writ that describe a supernatural giftedness. Uh, it's a gift. There's a gift of wisdom, which is practical decision making. It's a gift of knowledge. This is where your mind's like a steel trap and you don't forget anything. <laughs> yeah. It's the gift of faith where you just always believe you have a real sense of God's direction. The gift of healing where you can pray for someone and they really get well consistently. Kind of crazy. <laughs> I know people like that. The gift of discernment, the ability to, to distinguish evil from good very specifically. Uh, to, to make good decisions, to sense a false spirit or false teaching. The gift of craftsmanship is a unique gift. This, by the way, this art of Sarah exhibits a gift of craftsmanship. Uh, a language learner, someone who can learn languages very quickly or even interpret them very uniquely. Someone who's a servant, they just love to serve. Someone who's an encourager. Uh, I'll never forget, when I was a kid, I hung out with two 40-somethings that were devoted to the Lord and devoted to his word. And one time, one of them just said to me, hey, Scotty, I got to tell you, you're such an encourager. And I was like, oh, really? I'm an encourager. <laughs> it meant so much to hear that. There are people that have a gift of generosity. They love to give. 
when offering time comes, they're like, let's do this. There are people that are leaders. <laughs> you know a leader because they're they have followers. <laughs> and there are people that are musicians. They have an unusual ability with their hands to create life from an instrument. Here's the deal. Today, I want you to do something for somebody else when you leave today. I want you to take this shape card, and I want you to ask God who he wants you to go affirm, and I want you to circle the gift that you see supernaturally in them. And I want you to do for them what my mentors did for me when I was a kid. Do it for your spouse. Melissa and I were sitting together, and I, I reached out, and I, I said, that's your gift, Melissa. That's your gift. That's you. I want you to do that and give it to them and say this. I see this in you. I see this in you. Affirm them. Encourage them. I see this gift in you. Uh, can you imagine? Imagine what kind of person you could be if you truly could throw off your worries. And sometimes our worries are pretty <laughs> staggering, right? I'm not giving you a lot of drama here, or a lot of detail, but they can be overwhelming. I get that to some degree. I haven't experienced huge difficulty, but some. Imagine what kind of person you'd be like if you could really throw off your worries. <sighs> Didn't that sound nice? Ah, without a Diet Coke, too. Like, you just really throw them off. Imagine what kind of person you would be like if you embraced your weaknesses. In fact, you bragged about them. Yeah, like, I'm, like, really bad at that. Oh, yeah, really bad. Uh, but, but it's your job. Oh, it's okay. I'll figure it out. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't tell your supervisor how bad you are at it, but... You embrace your weaknesses. Here's why. When you embrace your weaknesses, you give the grace of Jesus an opportunity to show up in your life. And others get blessed because of it. Embrace your weaknesses. Imagine what you'd be like if you said yes, hey, to who you really are. I think you'll run the race for which you were born. Here's the deal. If you're a Christian, you were born for this. This is you. So wake up. Throw your worries aside. Not people aside. Throw your worries aside. Embrace your weaknesses. Embrace the grace so you can run the race. And enjoy Jesus. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thanks for searching our hearts this morning. There are so many stresses. There are so many, so many chapters that we haven't got to, stories we haven't heard. We don't know what the future holds. So help us throw our worries to you. You're the author. You're the, you're the writer of our story. Help us throw our worries to you. Help us embrace our weaknesses because it's a chance for you to come alive in us. Help us be real with our weaknesses and run this race. And if you're here today and you've, you've, never, you've never considered this idea that Christianity is not about what we do. It's about what Jesus has done on the cross. And you've never accepted what Jesus did on the cross for you. And you're ready. I want to give you a chance to right now. Just to say, I want to know him. I want to experience him. If that's you right from where you're seated. And you want to know Jesus. I just ask you from where you're seated to say, Jesus, I want to know you. Fill my life. Come in. I want this peace, I want this joy in me. And if, if you just prayed that prayer with me, with every other head 
bowed and eye closed, I want to acknowledge your decision. If you just said, Jesus, I want to know you. I want to know you deeper. <laughs> just raise your hand. I want to acknowledge your decision if that was you today. And you said, yeah, I want to know Jesus deeper. I want to know him personally. Praise the Lord. Anybody else just say yes to Jesus? Anybody? Yes, I want to know him. God, help us embrace the grace to run this race in the shape that we were born. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.